In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to the Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Vincent Williams, and I'm joined as always by my partner. Hey, highlight your boy, this is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Triple. And on this stop, we will spend some time with the historical period piece. Bodice. Bodices and paracels and lords and ladies in 2013's Bell. But before we get to Bell, we have a scheduling announcement. Yes, we do. We were scheduled to have a very special guest this evening, Carla Brothers, actress uh, and producer, was going to join us um, because Bell was her selection Mm -hmm. for our review this week. However, at the uh, very last minute, she unfortunately had to postpone her appearance. Um... She regrets that she couldn't be here. She was really looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. She was really psyched. Um, and we are rescheduling to bring her onto the show sometime in August. Yes. Now. So, you know, we will we will bring her sooner rather than later. Yes. To she, the mission. And she'll choose another film. She'll have to choose another film. Have to choose another film. Maybe another period piece. Perhaps another period piece. But actually... As I was thinking about it, thinking about this movie, mm-hmm. thinking about, you know, the whole idea that it's this historical costume drama. Yes. As you as it were. Yes, yes, yes. One of your jams. I wouldn't say it was one of my jams. I didn't select it. I, I'm just saying this type of film. Well, yes, I do. I do. I am a sucker for a period drama. Right. That's true. But. Okay. As we are like almost a quarter of the way into the 21st century. Yes. The majority of the films that I enjoyed in my life would now be considered period films. Absolutely. Because they took place a whole other century ago. Absolutely. I think one of one of the funny things about Stranger Things mm-hmm. is they talk about how Winona Ryder is this walking encyclopedia of 80s facts and, and 80s um, knowledge. Mm-hmm. And she kind of corrects the Duffer brothers okay, and says, oh, no, that didn't come out until this month, so you can't play it here. This shirt is something that someone wouldn't play, that type of thing. And, and it is. You, you realize that your life <laughs> occurred in a way that now it's a period piece. I know. <laughs> That's actually, actually is 
was a little depressing when yeah. I was thinking about it. Yeah. Um, because I was trying to come up with my top five mm-hmm. for tonight, and I was thinking about top five black period pieces. Yeah. But then I realized they're all period It could be pieces. anything. It's like the best man. <laughs> Brown sugar. I was like, I, because I was ready to say something like the five heartbeats. Right. But then I, I, I stopped and said, you know what? New Jack City is a period. Look, <laughs> everything I just said, like when you look at Brown Sugar, the best man, it's like, oh, no one dresses like that anymore. No. That was 1990. No. Well, OK. The best man, Brown Sugar, you could maybe get away with it. OK, it was it's just a movie of its time as far as clothes are a little floppy. Like when you look at it, it's like, oh, that's clearly 1997. I don't I don't know. You think that's the case? It's a little floppy. Really? Yeah. Like you look at um how did I just forget my favorite film? With Lorenz Tate. Um Love Jones? Right, you look at Love Jones, Lorenz Tate has on a real floppy leather jacket. It's real floppy. Okay, yeah, okay. You could pick out one or two things. Oh, right? the jeans are real floppy. Everybody's jeans are real floppy. But I think like the fashions of something like New Jack City, they're more <laughs> egregious. But even when New Jack City came out, it was like, wow, it's a good thing that Nino Brown is a murderous drug dealer mm-hmm. because otherwise he'd get clowned for that jacket. <laughs> I don't know. He wouldn't get clowned. Now, you know who will get clowned? Mo Better Blues. More better blues, right? right. With the the, the, yeah. the 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 shoulder pads. Look, and I distinctly remember leaving Mo Better Blues, and on my to do list was to get a grape colored blazer. It's like, oh, I, I got to get me a grape colored blazer because apparently that's the thing to have. That is the thing for a young fashionable man. And there were plenty of places that there were, were plenty. Of, God bless. Oak. Did y'all have Oak Tree yes, in Philly? Yeah, had Oak Tree in oh Philly. My God. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, I blew my first college, you know, credit card at the Oak Tree, man. Get your mustard colored pair of pants. Oh, dude. She talking about in a mini mock turtleneck. Dude. Dude, I had it all, man. Couldn't tell us nothing. I had it all. I had every faux Gordon Cartrell. <laughs> you can imagine, dog. I had it all. <laughs> I had it all. So, yes, they're all period pieces. They're all of a period They're piece. all period pieces. Um, thus... That was not my top five. That was not your two. That's right, because they're all period pieces. And I do have a top five for this evening, okay. but I'm actually going to save my top five okay. for the end of the show this week. Okay. All right. All right. I hope you can um, be patient. We will be waiting with bated breath. We do that. All right. But first, let's get into some listener mail. Okay. Missives from the missionaries. We got an email, Vincent, from... Terry Plain. Hey, what's up, Terry? Talking about streaming services. Okay. Hi, Lennon. Vince, hope you are well and keeping hydrated and cool frequently. Mm. I hear you two reference streaming services when referencing where films can be accessed. Right. The main sources like Netflix, Amazon, YouTube, Hulu, etc. are well and good, but there are, are alternatives for those who may not have paid subscriptions. Okay. 
Many libraries have apps to access access free movies as well as music books and magazines. Two of my favorites are Canopy and Hoopla. Canopy is an excellent source for worldwide cinema. I've been I've seen amazing black films like recent ones you've mentioned or reviewed, Amazing Grace, Betty, and Killer of Sheep, and have a solid collection of Oscar Michaud films. There are cool indies that I hope you get to on the road to 400 as well, like Tijuana Jackson, Purpose Over Prison, and Cane River. And all, I hope you can plug people on to their municipal public services as they are already paying for and explore what libraries have to offer. Your friendly library fan, Terry Plain. Well, thank you, Terry. I think Terry makes very good points. He does make make good point. I actually am a subscriber to Canopy. Okay, so I can um, definitely co-sign uh, for Canopy having um, allowing you access mm-hmm. to your library's um, catalog. Okay, of films. It 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 is pretty cool. I haven't had to dip there yet to get a film, but. Yeah, yeah, and you know, support your libraries. Yes, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely for that. So, yeah, thank you, Terry, for pointing that out. Thank you, thank you very much, Vincent. We just we're just coming out of Black Music Month. Yes, and in talking about Black Music Month, we got into talking about music biographies. Yes, and you had talked about a music biography that you think is if it's not I don't think you went so far as to say it's your favorite. No, but I enjoyed a great deal. You enjoyed a great yes. deal from the er, the mid 80s, I believe. Maybe. Yes, I forget what year it is. Speaking of Winona Ryder. Right. Yeah. Uh, th- that is a film where Dennis Quaid yes portrays the rocker Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lee Lewis in Great Balls of Fire. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. And Alec Baldwin portrays his cousin. Yes. Jimmy Swagger. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, he does. Almost a, a, a parallel story. Interestingly enough, that film comes out in 1989. Wow. I didn't know it was that old. A magical year for us that will be made clear to listeners relatively soon. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, it, the film was directed by Jim McBride, stars Dennis Quaid as the rockabilly pioneer Jerry Lee Lewis. This film actually was streaming this week on Turner Classic Movies. Wow. It's a Turner Classic movie. Talk about feeling old. <laughs> Talking about a period piece. Yeah. And, um, you know, as I had mentioned, I had not seen this film. Yes. So I was like, oh, well, here's. Here it is. Here's my opportunity to watch this film. If I'm going to hell, I'm going to go play in this piano. Yes. So, here's my review uh-huh. of Great Balls of Fire. Yeah. Great Balls of Fire is a great ball of nothing. I found this movie to be, um, I don't want to say it was boring. Oh, you. Because it's not boring. The crack that you smoke. It's not boring. Talking about New Jack City. But it's it but neither did I find it to be that entertaining. You are one hundred percent wrong. I think you are objectively wrong. I think Dennis Quaid, 
who is an actor who, for the most part, I've enjoyed him in a lot of things that I've seen him in. Um, but in doing this rockabilly voice of Jerry Lee Lewis, who, to be fair, I've never heard speak. But, right. That's just how he sounds. Okay. Yeah. I just, it, it was so over the top. It was annoying. <laughs> you apparently it, have never seen an interview with Jerry Lee Lewis. It took me out of the movie, especially then when he would part his lips to sing. And I understand that it's not going to be his, you know, at some of these biographies, it's not the person's voice, right. the actor's voice. But this was so Jerry Lee Lewis actually at the time. Right. Those are his vocals. That, those are his vocals. And I believe piano playing. Yes. Well, yeah. he he was a he was a uh, quite a talented piano player. Yeah. He redoes the vocals, but he redoes the vocals in 1989. So it's 1989, Jerry Lee Lewis. So he doesn't sound like a young man singing these songs. So he he so this young Dennis Quaid opens his mouth to talk, and all of a sudden a to sing, and all of a sudden a 40 year old voice is coming out of his throat. That's that's. That that's a that's a nit you're picking. No, well, no, that's not the nick I'm pick, picking. The biggest nick that I'm picking mm -hmm. is twofold. The big story of the Jerry Lee Lewis mm -hmm. um, rise and fall, right, is his marriage to his thirteen yes. year old cousin. Yes. Which, while it is played up in this film, I think it, it this film, probably because Jerry Lee Lewis definitely is presenting his version of, of events, massages that story quite a bit, right? I mean, does it? I think... I, like, like, it actually deals, like... I think the, the the abuse in this is more graphic than it is in What's Love Got to Do With It and um, Get On Up. It's more graphic than in Get On Up. We I, talked I'm not going to say about What's Love, what's, got, to what's love got to Do With It. You only see it on screen once. Remember? there We, we talked about it. We can, actually pull up, we can actually pull up the audio. You hear it and it's behind like a sofa. Mm -hmm. and then it's in the car mm -hmm. but you don't actually see it mm -hmm. as much as you see the violence in Great Balls of Fire Okay, trust me I've seen both films many multiple, times multiple times yeah. alright fair enough fair enough the biggest nick I'm going to uh -huh. about this movie and admittedly this is a nick that can be picked with a ton of these films right because I'm about to ask you do you like any of these biopics I like a lot of them, but what I Which didn't ones? like, what, what, what I really felt was bothersome to me in this one, and maybe it's, maybe it's because we're coming out of Black History Month, mm -hmm. is that everything about Jerry Lee Lewis, the star, right, that he would become, is almost beat for beat a soulless reproduction at least according to the film mm -hmm. of what he saw being performed and played 
in the black juke joints where he grew up. I mean, I mean, is that your problem with the movie or your problem with rock and roll? Well, it's my problem with rock and roll. Okay. But it's also... It's Which my, I, I, I agree with you. I guess it's my problem with this film because in all the other iterations of this, there is at least some semblance of the artist taking that inspiration because we know it happens all the time. It's happened, mm-hmm. you know, since time. But taking that inspiration and then marrying that with some level of talent that they have. So is this your problem with Jerry Lee Lewis or your problem with the movie? Maybe this is my problem with okay. Jerry Lee Lewis. Which, you know, fair. Although I think he I think he was actually a hell of a piano player. Like I actually do think he was a hell of a piano player. Mm. Now, you know. He's a hell of a piano player. And, you know, shit, as long as Lil Richard isn't in the room or Fast Domino. Right. But, I mean, the man could play the piano. Okay, he could play it. You know, and, 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 but as a film, the spectacle and the tone, I think, is, 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 is amazing. What I thought you were going to say was that they downplayed his cousin being 13 and Winona Ryder plays his cousin and we'll know the writer is it's is, not is you know it was like in her yeah. 20s i yeah. think which you know i don't know how you get around that like like you can't really get a 13 no yeah 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 i was fine with play the, yeah i was fine with the casting right. of but, her but i i think as far as these things go on a scale of one to like what is the most honest depiction of one of these figures lives in film to you like like what is what is your bar that's a good question um because as we all know you don't like anything (laughs) so what is it that you dislike the least of these musical biographies i like miles ahead i really enjoy miles Ahead. okay miles ahead was was you know pardon the pun it was really kind of a riff like it didn't really deal with biographical information. It, like you it always did. the whole flashbacks are, are biographical. Yeah, but 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 we talk. You know, I think Don Cheadle's whole strategy was that I'm going to have this kind of impressionistic portrait, mm-hmm. so people like you won't say, <laughs> "Oh, well, that's actually not what happened." And then then Don Cheadle say, "Oh, I'm trying to give you an impression. Don't get caught up on that." He's in the elevator and the poster starts moving and the wall moves back. (laughs) Obviously, this isn't a depiction of objective reality. So you can't judge it like that. I mean, one of these films, I was born a dirt poor whatever. I rose to fame. Drugs, money, ego, women had a fall. Then I had a redemption. Uh Then it's the black screen. With with the, the real the, actor with with the text over that says, you know, Johnny Rock and Roll played until 1991. I like Ray. Okay, I like I like Ray. Perfect. On a scale of one to Ray. Okay. I think Great Balls of Fire is a strong seven, knocking on an eight. Mm, I'd put it at a six. 
where's what's love got to do with it? What's love got to do with it? I think is probably an eight, probably maybe maybe a nine. I would. I actually think this is just under what's love got to do with it. Oh no, this can't touch it. This this, this can't. This can't see. You are getting caught up on the dude, which I can appreciate. Getting caught. But I'm up also on getting it. caught up on Dennis Quaid. I didn't enjoy Dennis I Quaid love in the this tone. Film. I love the breezy, the tone. farcical tone of it. Uh, I don't like it. You have no joy in your heart. I have a lot of joy. You have no joy in your heart. You stand on this island alone. Great no, I balls don't. of fire. No, I don't. No, I don't. I'm looking in the chat. Shout out to everybody in the chat. And um, who I saw say this, Sharon Eldridge. Sharon Eldridge says that I love Winona Ryder, like Dennis Quaid, but I've always avoided this movie because of the ick factor. So she hasn't actually seen the movie. She's not standing there with you. Sharon just says she doesn't watch it because it's icky, which is fair. Because he married his 13-year-old cousin while over on the side, Elvis was grooming a 14, maybe 15-year-old Priscilla. You know that, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, so you know, I mean, it's just what these dudes did. Uh... Great Balls of Fire, I mean, I think they kind of had to address it because, like you said, that really did lead to his public downfall because he was a wild boy. No, it was. Yeah, he was a wild boy. Well, even boy. though that was his public downfall, but then if you read about his history, he actually uh, stays a bit of a comeback. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, white forgives white. I mean, you know. So you didn't like it? I did not like it. Okay, well, there you go. Lynn didn't like Great Balls of Fire. I didn't. Everybody update your list. (laughs) Missionaries across the world have (laughs) taken out their manila, their marble notebooks. I saw right. I wanted I wanted to. Look, man. Everything ain't for everybody. And no things are for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's going You know I was setting you up. <laughs> I'm also saying this because spoiler, you like Bell more than I did. So <laughs> So we've got that going on <laughs> We do. Wellington, look, man. We have correspondence from Dame Jansen. Do you not like any type of British uh, period? Uh, you're too, too, oh my! I mean, because I know you're not a Downton Abbey oh my, guy. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and this really is a case <laughs> of everything isn't for everybody. But oh my! Oh. Oh. Have you ever watched The Gilded Age on HBO? Oh, not at all. Oh, this is so good. I, well, look. It's so good. Everything actually isn't for everybody. It's so funny. When I watch something like this, I immediately get into my bag. Mm-hmm. And then now I want to watch. Well, I know you do. I want I want to go through all I of it, know man. You, I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. <sighs> I know you do. But that's where we're not we're not there yet no we're not we're, we're not. not there yet we're not yet not, not right. there yet okay all right all right um i'm looking at the the people in the chat here um 
Sharon Eldridge again, what's love's got to do with it was horrifying to watch at times for a great movie and a great depiction of Tina's journey. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's very true. That is very true. I agree with you, by the way. I, I think Ray is the zenith. Mm. And that is that is really the the bar. Like that really kind of set the curve. And I also agree that what's love got to do with it is right under Ray. Okay. Yeah. Um, Aaron Fry agreeing with me. The Gilded Age is my jam. I mean, look, people like it. Speaking of the uh, the the Gilded Age, the star of the Gilded Age, Carrie Coon. Mm-hmm. I did not know she actually um, was the lead actress in the recent Ghostbuster reboot, Ghostbuster Afterlife. Okay, which I watched this weekend. Okay. That's not a bad movie. It's not bad. That's what I've heard. I've heard it's not bad. It's actually not bad. And, and and I heard it really rehabilitates Ernie Hudson's character. Yes, it does. Which, which you know, that's one of my little nerd rage things. Mm-hmm. So I was happy about that. Yeah, they that. totally defanged him in the in Yeah, the I'm, so I'm, 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 it's on my list. It's yeah, actually, I just haven't gotten to it. It's actually a, a, a really good. Uh, Good movie, good reboot of the franchise if they choose to do more. Right. Um, you know, like anything else, there's little nitpicks you could could make here and there. I thought the cast was fantastic. I thought mm-hmm. all of the kids in the movie were great. Right. So much so that it led me, like I told you, I go, I get in these, I watch something, and now all of a sudden I'm, I, I start going down the, you know, the well. Absolutely. So following watching that, I watched Stand By Me. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Absolutely. Fantastic movie. Still holds up. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. It's a shame of River Phoenix. But it, but great movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Then I watched The Goonies. Oh, yeah. Missionaries, I'm about to... Take out my knife and lay waste to another sacred cow. Are you serious? The Goonies, while not a bad movie, not a bad movie, fun. I don't think it ages super well, but fun-ish. I find almost to a man... All of the kids in that film get on my GD nerves and are so annoying. They are so um, just 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 so insufferable, especially the little like chubby one who can't can't just give a serious line reading for anything to save his life. I found that that watching that movie again like i was not laughing i was bored and it made me watch ghostbusters afterlife again because i landed on ghostbusters afterlife is better than the goonies and one of the better kid ensemble films that i've ever seen so here's the thing I think the kids in Goonies are annoying because they're actually kids. Like, I think kids are annoying. 
Like, I think that's one of the great things about Goonies. Like, they act like kids who are annoying. I think... I think... At some point, there was some type of shift in young actors became almost like miniature adults. Bad News Bears. I think the kids are annoying in Bad News Bears. No, but I think that's when it happened. The original Bad News Yeah, but Bad News Bears is before Goonies. No, I'm saying the original Bad News Bears is the start of that, I think. No, but my point is, I think that whole, like that whole crop of kid movies, like I actually agree with you that the kids in Goonies are annoying, Mm -hmm. but to me, that's part of what makes Goonies so great. Mm. Like they're actually kids and kids are annoying. Yeah. See, I don't know. See, like, I don't find the kids in, I mean, because they're, they're all young boys in Stand By Me. I don't find them annoying. Stand By Me was always a bit more mannered. Well, yeah. Then the other kid. Okay, because it's not one of those kid adventure films. Right. Like, Sandlot is a little later, but I think Sandlot captures that. Like, I think the kids in Sandlot are really annoying. See, I don't think the Sandlot kids are annoying. Oh, my goodness. I I, I like the Sandlot a lot. I I think they're annoying little kids. I think... It's funny, you were talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife, and... um. The one actor is one of the actors in Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. And I love the Stranger Things kids. Like, I love the Stranger Things kids. But they are clearly professional actors. Well, by now. No, 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 no. When you look at the first season, mm-hmm. these are clearly young actors mm-hmm. who have been acting probably since they could talk. Mm. The kids in the Goonies actually seem like kids. Like the kids in um you you know, I don't know, like like what is it, Monster Squad? I'm I'm thinking of those eighties movies that had kids around. Okay. All right. I think the great thing about the Corys, like when they when the Corys were in their pocket, they were like kids. Like they were actually kids. That's when they were good, yeah. Yeah, so I think part of it Who might be Corey's Corey Feldman and, and Corey, Corey Haim. Corey Haim, yeah, right. Like, I think about them in Fright Night, and they're really annoying, but, Mm -hmm. you know, they're kids. I don't know. Wait, are they in Fright Night or Lost Boys? Well, Lost Boys is more the teenagers, so the kids aren't given much to do. I think there are kids in Lost Boys, but they're not given much, like, like, they don't give, like, real shine. Yeah, what, what, which one is it that that the Corys play the vamp, the, uh, whatchamacallit, brothers? I think that is, um... I'm hoping someone... Like, I feel like we are in a community of people that know this off <laughs> Lost the top Boys. of their... Yeah, it's Lost Boys. Yeah, I love the Corys and Lost Boys. Yeah, I mean, okay. Yeah, but, you know, I love Goonies. Now, I'll say this. I haven't seen Goonies in probably five or six years. But I do remember Goonies being sort of, you know, annoying. And that's kind of the fun. Like, these are kids actually getting into an adventure. I don't know. I see. I, I, I just found them right. just insufferable. Right. And right. I... I really think you should. Did you want them to get off your lawn? <laughs> did did, they, did their ball land on your front yard? Did you go out and grab their ball and say, you know what? Now it's my ball. Now it's my ball. And then went back in the house. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. 
I didn't do that. Do you, turn... do you turn your lights out on Halloween? <laughs> no. You turn your lights out on Halloween? No. Yeah. I did also watch. Do you give out toothbrushes when the kids come to your door? Who gives out toothbrushes? People like you who don't like kids. I, what do you mean I don't like kids? I love kids. You just talked about how annoying the Goonies kids were. Insufferable. Insuffer- are... Insufferable is actually the word you use. Yes, they are insufferable. For children. On an adventure. In in the Goonies. In the Goonies. But not the kids in the Sandlot. I love them. Uh-huh. I love the Sandlot. And I love the kids in Ghostbusters Afterlife. Right. Again, these kids have been acting for 10 years. Well, th- th- excuse like, me. Very polished, very well put together. Okay. Child actors. Okay. All right. Look, I'm sure if we went on in the IMDb uh-huh. of the cast of the Goonies, right. those kids had, they had some- oh, I they are actors but i think there's i'm an actor and then it comes across i'm an actor isn't it like a young josh brolin in that film yes yeah right he's not acting he he actually acts like a, an actual meathead well he's the, and he's one of the best things in right the and as you said he's he's actually hollywood royalty wow. but he actually acts like a meathead in the goon he's fantastic he is. He is, All right. he is very good. Uh, Aaron Fry asked, um, he said, uh, Len, don't review Buckaroo Banzai because we know how your review will go. Well, fortunately for all of you, that's not a black film. Yeah. So I will not subject you to my Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah, I was about to say, hey, hey y'all, uh, is everyone sitting down? <laughs> Everybody good? You hold on to your seats? Lynn doesn't like Buckaroo Banzai. <laughs> We've actually talked about that before <laughs> offline. <laughs> Lynn doesn't like Buckaroo Bonsai. <laughs> you know, you, you know, missionaries, I try to work with him. I really do. Like, I do my best to be a team player. I don't like I, I know you don't like Buckaroo Bonsai. I know you don't like I Buckaroo. don't. I know you I don't. I want to. I, no, I really do want to. you. No, I really do. Like, like you want to. No, I do. Because I know what it's trying to right, do. Like you and it there. is almost there. It's like you sit there and you watch Buckaroo Bonsai and like your eyes don't blink. And like a fly comes and lands on your eye. I'm like, I'm like, dude, in what's that other stupid movie you made me See? watch? I, I don't know, Lynn. Which one? I don't know. Um, which, which one that you didn't like? Uh, which one is it? Which one? Clockwork Orange. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah. Got the toothpicks in, yeah, 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 yeah. in his eyes. He's right, watching right, right. Buckaroo Banzai. Right, right. So great balls of fire. The Goonies, Buckaroo Banzai. And I'm just blowing yeah. my brains yeah, out. Yeah, we're all the problem now. <laughs> we're all the problem. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about you don't like? No, I don't think y'all ready. <laughs> Y'all ever see this movie called Citizen Kane? No, wait. Let me tell you about Citizen Kane. Oh, I know you like Citizen Kane because it's old and black and white. (laughs) (laughs) I was just trying to pick, you know, one of the most classic films ever. But yeah, I know you like Citizen Kane. I watched The Boys. I finished watching The Boys. Okay. Love The Boys. Love The Boys. Great series. All right. Never, if, if people love the boys, do not read the comic. Never need to read the comic. But yeah, the, yeah, that you say that a lot about Garth Ennis. Not really. That's very true. He's not really a rereader. No, he's not. Guy. But the the show is great. You don't watch the boys. Oh, I do watch the boys. Did you finish it? I did finish it. Did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it a great deal. Okay. And I love the way they've deviated from the source material and made it richer mm-hmm. 
and more nuanced. Yes. Which, again, with Garth Ennis, it doesn't take much. Yeah. So. And I also watched the third season of Umbrella Academy. I've not watched that. That's a good show. Camille likes it a lot. I'm trying to catch up. That's a very good show. And I love what the changes, you know, they worked into the series. Right. You're trying to, I'm trying not to nerd it out, but I, I do have to say, I, I was always a little cool towards the Umbrella Academy as a comic series. Really? Because he was clearly doing a Grant Morrison Doom Patrol riff. And by clearly, I think he said that. Okay. And, and you know. Like, you're doing a Grant Morrison Doom Patrol riff, but, like, I got a big collection of Doom Patrol sitting up on my shelf right here. Like, I don't have to read this. I have the Doom Patrol right here. See, I tried to read Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol. Oh, oh for God's sake. You don't, you didn't like Doom Patrol? You didn't like one of the greatest comic series ever written? You ain't like Doom Patrol? Grant Morrison, oh Grant Morrison doesn't, how, doesn't know how to finish the story. He doesn't know how to finish oh the story. He has great ideas. God, Doom Patrol has one of the greatest endings ever. Oh, I never got all the way to the end. Then how do you know? Well, I mean, because I read the little the the the, the oh, two no, trades that I read, and I didn't. I didn't the end of his Animal Man run is perfect. Okay, but that's not Doom Patrol. You just said Grant Morrison, so I was just thinking of Grant Morrison. Okay, series. yeah, his uh, Justice League run ends perfectly. That was ended. That was all right. It was all right. I what, what let his Justice League down was the art. Okay, we we I'm, we just, I'm not getting comic booky with you because you are. I'm trying not to drop no f bombs, but you are effing insane talking about Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol right now. Umbrella Academy's better. There is no one on Earth, including Gerald Way, who would say that Umbrella Academy is better than Doom Patrol. On Earth, Gerald Way, so people know, is, is the per is the guy creator. who right who grew up reading Doom Patrol and said, "I'm gonna do a Doom Patrol riff." <laughs> Which you know, it's all right. I think I it's think, not bad. I think he. My daughter likes it. I thought he wrote a tighter story. You, <laughs> he did. Okay, first of all, I need you to read the whole thing before you talk about how tight it is or isn't. Well, I got time. Well, then you shouldn't speak on it. Yeah, I guess you did like the Umbrella Cat. Was that eight eight issues? It was more than it's, it's three three trades. It's three trades. So, oh, oh, I'm I'm sorry. It wasn't eight. I'm sorry. It was twelve. No, that would be eighteen. Oh, I'm sorry. It was eighteen. Yeah. All right. My bad. Yeah. Compressed storytelling. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? That's the key. song ain't long enough <laughs> play it again play it again put it on one more time put on put on a Durbo martin song one more time how the f have you not read doom patrol <laughs> i don't everything you like people stole from doom patrol you talking about jerry lee lewis stealing i don't remember liking the art f the art well i need the art what kind of Little boy shit is that? You gotta read the story. 
first of all, the, the art in a comic book is what tells the story. And if the art is not engaging enough, the then art it is, is engaging hard. enough. It's not. A, it's, oh my god! I didn't oh, find look, it. Give me the. Give me somebody. <laughs> Go ahead. Give me somebody. Link. <laughs> Six degrees of dirt. I don't even believe you talking about the. And then you ain't even finish it. Tell me, Grant Morrison doesn't know how to do. I guess so. If you ain't read the end. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. How many trays is the Doom Patrol? It's 60 issues. It's 60 it's issues. It's 5 years, 12 issues a year. It was super tight. He had a plan from the very beginning. It ends he absolutely nails the ending. I think Grant Morrison nails endings better than people like Alan Moore. Oh, okay. Well, I'll give you that. Then let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Is <laughs> Wusa is, is is it on the DC Universe app? I'm pretty sure it is. Okay, because I have the DC Universe. Okay, app. oh, good. Okay, because I've been read uh, reading All Star Squadron. <laughs> I knew that was good. I knew that was. I cannot believe, and 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 God bless, um. Oh, I just, God bless Roy Thomas. But Roy Thomas is, is, is like the avatar of the geek boy who became a comic writer. That is very true. That is very true. And, 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 and the artist, Jerry Ordway, how, how many issues does Jerry Ordway do of All-Star Squadron? I think he does. Like he doesn't the, do the whole series. He doesn't do the whole series. He does a good chunk of them. Yeah. And he's a primo craftsman. And this is early. Yeah, so this is, this is like but, his introduction. But it, it, I mean, that really is, I mean, you know, that really is just sort of, it, you know, it's nothing really there. Like, God, you know, God bless the All Star Squad. But it's I, not I just like that World War II stuff. Uh, but I will read Doom Patrol, okay? Who am I linking? I can't even. Go ahead, go ahead. Who, who am I, Lincoln? Who, 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 who? Get to get from Durville Martin. Who? <laughs> Camelia uh, says, "Let us pray for Vince." <laughs> Vince is going off. Vince is going off. It's so good. Like, like I don't even try and push comics on everybody, but I really do have like, like my five. That like people say, you know, I want to read, you know, it's an American art form. I really need to see it at its best. What do you think I should read? Okay, that's good. All right. And boom, that is very boom. much on my list. Okay, that's a, that's good. That's like good. The f- so what's your five? What's your five? <sighs> I, I, you know, you put it out there. All-Star Superman. Okay. Batman Year One. Uh-huh. Um, Watchmen. Uh, like 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 the first two years of Doom Patrol because I think you really do have to commit to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Animal Man in totality is is might might be the zenith of a comic about comics. So you know, just off the top of my head. And then I got some ad. We uh, we not doing. Come on, we not doing this. We not getting comic. I, d- 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 
You asked me, I told you, but R five totally disagrees. No. <laughs> It, it totally disagrees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would not pull Batman Year One. I'd have pulled a Batman, but it wouldn't have been Year One. Oh, I think Batman Year One is perfect. It, no, it's good. It's very, very, very good. I mean, every Batman movie that people have liked in the past twenty years has pulled from Batman Year One. No, no, I, I'm not knocking it, but I'm just saying, to me. The, the total essence of Batman as he will become, because that is very much the beginning of Batman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The the essence of Batman as he will become, plus still kind of an engaging, interesting story um, that maybe, depending on who you are, ask, doesn't stick the landing as much, but I, I still enjoy it. Uh, I take the twofer of uh, The Long Halloween and Dark Victory. You know what? I will agree with you. Yeah. But you must grant that you can't have either one of them without year one. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like year one. Yeah. I, 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 and I don't think that's a bad substitution. I think we're actually saying the same thing. That's not a bad substitution. Yeah. That's what I would, I, w- I would give people. The that. irony is that I think the art is better in year one. Well, yes, David Mazzuchelli. Right, but you know, you the art dude, so I'm surprised you would pick Long Halloween. Over well, because year one. because as much as I do like David Mazzuchelli's Batman, his year one, and I like him as an artist, there's something about the the gothic, over the top edginess of Tim Sale's Batman mm-hmm. that Who just, I love. just floors the floors the hell out. Of all right, we re- all right, all right. So okay, but I'll go along with that. All right, but we were real calm. Go ahead, give me we something. Real we got calm. It. Six Degrees of Dervell Martin, ladies Six and gentlemen. Six Degrees of Dervell. Vincent has to get... <laughs> from 70s superstar Dervell Martin to an actor of my choice. Vincent, are you ready? I, I, I guess I'm ready. I'm brains all scrambled, all right. but who get Now, this t- ties into our film, Bell, which stars Google and Bavarraw. Yes, sir. Who is, uh, was named, uh, MBE by um, the court of uh, of England. Okay, and what does that stand for? I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, MBE stands for the most excellent order of the British Empire. Okay. It's a uh, British order of chivalry, rewarding contributions to the arts and sciences, work with charitable and welfare organizations and public service outside the civil service. Very nice. And she was she was gifted with um, that in 2017 by Queen Elizabeth. Okay. So, this, I will have you connecting Dervell, mm-hmm. who was honorable mention, I believe, on one of those lists. Of course. Back in his day. Of course. It's got an apostrophe in his name. To others who have been um, named and knighted by the queen. Okay. First, we have the Grand Dame. Oh, the Grand Dame. Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Well, that is an interesting choice. Julie Andrews, who, just to, to give you her bona fides, she was the claim Dame Commander of the Order of the British Empire, a DBE. Okay. Okay. Is Dick Van Dyke in Bye Bye Birdie? Uh, that's a good question. Hold on. He might not be. I always think I always think of Paul Lynn because I know he's in there. Um, by, I think we've I think we've asked that question before. No, I was thinking about um, what's her name? He is in the film. Okay. All right. Derville Martin mm-hmm. is in. Guess who's coming to dinner with Sidney Poitier? Sidney Portier is in The Defiant Ones with Tony Curtis. Yes. Tony Curtis is in Some Like It Hot with um He always blank on him. I know because I, I mixed him up with Walter Matthau one time, so now I can't get Walter Matthau out of my mind. Give me his name. I feel like I can't because Ellis Heron will hit us up. He says, I play too soft with you. Oh, I'm looking right at him. Give me his name. Because <laughs> you know I know who he is. Come on. Jack Lemon. Jack Lemon. Jack Lemon is in Grumpy Old Men with Anne Margaret. Anne Margaret is in Bye Bye Birdie with Dick Van Dyke, who's in Mary Poppins with Julie Andrews. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, you got there. I, I mean, you. I think that was six. So you got there. There you go. All right. All right. So you got to Julie Andrews. Very good. Yes. Innocent. So next we Jack have- Lemon. <laughs> Jack Lemon. Get that tattooed someplace. I uh, know. Get from Dervell Martin. It's like me and Bing Reams. To Helena Bonham Carter. Helena Bonham Carter. Yes, who, Helena Bonham Carter, who was uh, named a CBA. Okay. CBE, excuse me, CBE. <laughs> All right. Um, what Tim Burton movie am I going to get to with her? <laughs> Derville Martin mm-hmm. is in. Mm-hmm. How am I going to get to Helena? Bottom, bottom, <laughs> Ah, this is how I'm going to get to him. Derville Martin is in Dolomite. Okay. With Rudy Ray Moore. Rudy Ray Moore is in The Monkey Hustle with Rosalind Cash. Mm-hmm. Rosalind Cash is in Omega Man. With Charlton Heston. Okay. Charlton Heston is in Tim Burton's 
Planet of the Apes with Helena Bonham Carter. Wow. Wow. That was... Um, How you like that roundabout way? That was a very roundabout way. It was a very roundabout way. Very good, Vincent. You know what, though? Double check for me. Was Is that, that Rosalind Cash in Omega Man? Uh, I will check. Let's see. Omega Man. Omega Man movie, which I... That would be... That would be Rosalind Cash. Okay. Now, who did you say she was in that movie with? Charlton Heston. Oh, there he is. Well, it's interesting. Like his name is his his face is not the first name that comes up when you look. How for the is cast. Charlton Heston's name not the first name? It's it, his that, movie. I know. Guess yeah. who the name comes up first? I mean, if it's not Rosalind Cash, it's or, Rosalind Cash. Maybe they're doing it alphabetically. It, it, I I was thinking that too, but yeah. no, his name actually comes up last. That's and I and I knew bizarre. like offhand that he was in it, but then not seeing his name, I was like. Well, wait a minute. I'm pretty sure this guy is in the film. But, mm-hmm. yeah. but yeah, Jonathan Esten. All right. Well, there you go. Very good, Vincent. All right. And I got to talk about Tim Burton's Planet Apes. And that's about the only thing we're going to say it's about that film. It's a weird movie. It's, uh, if you don't like Tim Burton's Planet Apes, I'm not mad at you. No, that's not a good movie. It's It's a bizarre film. Very, very, very bizarre. You know, I love that moment, though. Like, I love that moment where the studios were, like, still throwing money at Tim Burton. Mm. Like, they were just throwing him money. Like, after Batman, they just kept, people kept throwing money at Tim Burton. And then he would make that weird Tim Burton stuff. And the studios were like, well, do we have any more? Is is there any more money in the back we can give him? Tim Burton wants to make another movie. (laughs) Like, who thought Tim Burton making Planet Apes was a good idea? I mean, you mean what? First of all, I could see from a visual aspect him maybe, you know, you think think thinking that he might bring something new to the aesthetic <laughs> of the of the film. He didn't, but well, I actually, mean, I think it wasn't the designs are nice. The designs were pretty good. Yeah, the sets so, are kind of interesting. So I can see, I can see that. Yeah. So I don't think it's it's that off the wall. To, to put him at, at the head of a Planet of the Apes reboot. I joke, but I think Marky Mark is the weak link of oh, Planet he is of Apes. The, well, you know the famous story about, about him and the off-color of Marky. Yeah, about Janet Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, saying, well, appropriately enough, Helena Bonham Carter, when she had on, she plays an ape mm-hmm. in Planet Apes, and when she has on her makeup, he says she looks like Janet Jackson. Yeah. So one of many reasons I don't really rock with Marky Mark that hard. Now, yeah, I mean either. Yeah. So, but there you go. All right. All right. Well, very good, Vincent. Well, thank you, sir. You you uh, nailed it once again. Well, I had all that rage I had to channel because <laughs> sat over there. Yeah, you were you were hot. All right. All right. All right. Let's get into our review. Okay. Of Bell Bell. We'll be back with the film review soon as we do something funky and have steps in it.
take you to a good life. A life that you were born to. I beg you, Uncle, love her as I would were I here and ensure that she is in receipt of all that is due to her as a child of mine. Do you have in mind my position? That is simply impossible. What is right can never be impossible. What has she been named? Dido Bell Lindsay. She takes your name. I am not ashamed. We will call her Dido. Elizabeth was in much need of a companion. And that is what we shall say when questions are asked. We shall be receiving visitors for dinner. Why do you not dine with your family ever? Because that is not correct. May I present the second of my two nieces, Miss Dido Lindsay? I find her repulsive. Papa, how may I be too high in rank to dine with the servants and too low to dine with my family? Though I understand she is kept under interesting rules, she raises questions. Would you do me the honor of taking some air with me? Don't you care what people will say? What should anyone say? I have no idea she would be so black. One does not make a wife of the rare and exotic. Does she still have a tongue? I have a tongue. Though yours explains well enough why I may not marry your son. My greatest misfortune would be to marry into a family who would carry me as their shame. I've enabled every rule of convention so that you would know exactly where you belong. I don't know that I find myself anywhere. Do you love her? As though she were created of you and me. What of your mother? I know very little of her other than the color she has given me. Then at least you know she was beautiful. You would risk your position for a man without name. Laws that allow us to diminish the humanity of anybody are not laws. He speaks a voice for people who do not have one. If I had your choice, I would choose the man I loved. There are rules in place which dictate how we live. You break every rule when it matters enough, Papa. I am the evidence. Bell, a 2013 British period drama directed by Ama Asante and written by Masan Segei, is a film inspired by the 1779 painting of Dido Elizabeth Bell beside her cousin, Lady Elizabeth Murray at Kinwood House. Very little is known about the life of Dido Bell, who was born in the West Indies and was the illegitimate mixed race daughter of Mansfield's nephew, Sir John Lindsay. She was found living in poverty by her father and entrusted to the care of Mansfield and his wife. This fictional film centers on Dido's relationship with an aspiring lawyer, and it is set at a time of legal significance as a court case is heard on what became known as the Zong Massacre, when slaves were thrown overboard from a ship and the owner filed with his insurance company for the losses. Bell was actually chosen by our friend Carla Brothers. We will try to do it justice. Directed by Ama Asante, written by Masan Segei. Lynn, would you please begin our conversation about Carla Brothers' choice, Bell? Well, I will, Vincent, by pointing out that this is a film, while not being the technical debut, this is the film that put Michelle Mission favorite Google and Bathara on the map uh, as she leads this film in the title role of Belle. And even at this 
very early stage of her career at this at this moment she only has uh three relatively small film credits to her um to her name um in straight heads larry crown and Nod thomas and here she is leading this quite a formidable cast mm-hmm. in Tom Wilkinson, Miranda mm-hmm. Richardson, uh, Penelope Wilton, um, and a very young Matthew Good. Uh, speaking of, of seen as in Watchmen, and very recently seen, if you people are Paramount subscribers in the Godfather making of Godfather TV series, The Offer. Mm-hmm. He plays Robert Evans in there. Um, so it's quite a formidable cast to have this very young neophyte actress uh, at the helm mm-hmm. being our window into this world. And it is, it is, you know, I'm just going to say it. It is absolutely amazing how good she is right from the beginning. Yep. You cannot take your eyes off of her. Mm -hmm. You believe everything that she says. She is totally authentic in this world. She feels of the time. She feels of the piece. The words, while this film, you know, it's British and it's a British historical drama. So with that comes all the pomp and pageantry that, you know, those type of films um, definitely evoke, you know, the, the, you joked about the bodices and, um, the curtsies and the very mannered way of speaking. And she is right at home with that. And yet it still feels very authentic coming from her tongue mm-hmm. in, this film, in this film. She is just spot on in this movie. And from the beginning, she is the best thing in this film, in a film that is filled, as I mentioned, with uh, very formidable actors. Tom Wilkinson, a, a, yeah. a classic character actor. Mm-hmm. And he it's never meant a moment on screen that he was not ready to t- dip his, his fork and knife into. Um, and he does it very ably in this film as well. Miranda Richardson is, I mean, what can be said about Miranda Richardson? She's uh, one of the consummate professionals of her time. And she is again, does stellar work in this film. Like Penelope Wilton is someone who I fell in love with. Yes. On Dalton Abbey, but now I have discovered her in so many other things. Um, and just continues to enjoy watching her. So, you know, watching this film, it's a gorgeous movie. It is an absolutely gorgeous movie to watch um, all of these actors and all of these set pieces being being played out on the screen. The story is, while based on this real picture mm-hmm. that you mentioned, this picture of these uh, cousins, Dido Elizabeth Bell and Lady Elizabeth Murray, the the story that has been crafted by Mazan Sagay around that f- photo 
is, as far as we know, is 100% fiction. We don't right. know much about the the story of these two cousins outside of that they were cousins outside of that yes Dido is of a mixed race um, coupling between uh, be, uh, between Sir John Lindsay and an unnamed woman of color uh, unnamed in the legend mm-hmm. and thus unnamed in the film. Mm-hmm. And yet, even with that, though, and her her father, played by Matthew Good, enters the film very early because he enters it, um, Belle's life at a relatively young age, follow, finding her living in squalor, as it says. We were not led to believe how he went about finding her. Sure. Um, that mystery is goes unsolved. And it's not even a question you really, a, you yeah, really yeah, ask. Yeah. The, the question is whether or not she will be accepted into this society. He will unfortunately not be around to really intro introduce her into this society because he, as a young man at this time, has to go off um, to, uh, I think it... it, it it's not a war that he's fighting, is it? He's 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 going off to like. Um, I just assume it was some pillaging and raping of indigenous peoples. Somewhere. Yes, it, it, they're they're going out yeah. doing right. British. Well, well, I think because we're in the middle of the like the 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 slave trade. Yeah, at yeah, this time. So yeah. yeah, you're right. They're out there doing their right, colonies. Right. Some British dudes on a boat in the late teen, late 1700s. Ain't nobody really happy to see them. That's very true. Yeah. Very true. And he, and he's out. He goes out there, and as a lot of the men who went out there to 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 do these things, he was lost to the sea. Mm-hmm. Um, the real story is is Belle as she grows up. We don't really see her grow up. Belle as she navigates, you know, herself as a young adult in this world um, and also navigating in this world and coming to grips as she learns more and more, not only about, you know, her mother, I mean, her father and um, not much about her mother, but learns, but learns really what it means to be black in a white world, as opposed to black in this white Tiffany box in which she lived. Right. You know, and as the her eyes open to the realities outside, you know, far afield from her uh, manicured lawns, um, that reality ignites a, 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 a bit of um, self-exploration in her. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's it lands on very smartly how how I mentioned the mother is never mentioned, never seen. The father leaves the film very early on within the first before the first 10 minutes he's gone. Mm-hmm. And yet their presence is still there. Mm-hmm. You still feel their presence. Uh Bell speaks of speaks without really knowing her mother speaks of her 
the debt that she owes to her mother, you know, whose only crime is that she was a Negro and that's only a crime because you can see it, you know, that, um, and all of that is the, uh, that performance by Google and Batha Raw is just mind bending and, and carries this film through some of the narratives that if you know these type of films are, you know, cut and paste from other films, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 the arranged romances that two really don't, fe- and, yeah. yeah, with the, with the two, two suitors vying for the hand, one of them's a jerk. Um, and then there is a, a man of low station who actually is the love of uh, of her life, you know. You actually said of low station. Well, I mean, come on, man. I mean, because it's like it's all of these movies. You are in your bag right now. <laughs> it's all of these movies. You know, I mentioned the Gilded Age of HBO. It is literally the entire first season of the I'm Gilded the Age of Low Station. Uh, but uh, I, uh, it's... I swear, if you accept my hand. <laughs> I shall endeavor to. (laughs) And you've got to fight through a lot of that because (laughs) if you are not of this world, if you are not, if this world, maybe, you know, you, you tilt your eye a little bit to it. You might find yourself a little... A little, a little woozy, a little drowsy watching this film. And I will admit that early on, Morpheus was on my lap saying, you know, like, he he was, hello, Lynn, just tripping sand in front of my face. But you know, I soldiered on. <laughs> As one does when faced <laughs> with challenges. And I powered through. <laughs> Did you close your eyes and think of England? No, I didn't. No, I dare not close my eyes. <laughs> I dare not close my eyes because that wouldn't have been a good move. But I powered through and I made it to the end of Bell. And once I got there, I found myself on the other side, on a whole, saying, okay, I, 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 I like the film. Because, uh, yes, I'm a sucker for these films. I'm a sucker. And I'm also a sucker for these films and the romance sure. of the film. Sure. And... um. Gugu Mbatha-Ra, she gets over the romance of it. You know, you f- you actually feel that I, I I actually felt like she was in love with boy, that, boy, that lower lip get to quivering. Gugu Mbatha-Ra, she get that lower lip quivering. And, you know, she's got the beauty mark uh-huh. and 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 she, the eyes. And mm-hmm. it, it 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 got me. It got me in my feels. It got me in my feels a little bit and. I'm, I, I liked it. 
I thought it was. I thought it was, at the end. It was, I thought it was. I thought it was sweet. Yes, I thought that the 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 story of you know the legal issue mm-hmm. with the um, with the the ship the Zong ship um, and this 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 legal matter that was being adjudicated by her father, who was like mm-hmm. the, like I guess like one of if not the Supreme Court of this this sure. this area. Um, because these slaves were thro- were were basically thrown overboard, and that part is true. Chained, yes. yeah. This yeah, is yeah, true, like this is a true story, story about That's this massacre. True story yeah, about this massacre. Um, and I think tacking that onto this mm-hmm. is a way of giving this story a little bit more heft. That's that's a good word, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. a little bit more gravitas mm-hmm. um, than the typical romantic period drama of, yeah. of the film. And I see what they're trying to do. I don't I don't feel I, I feel that the story is a little bit too. I, I, I honestly feel this story is a little bit too serious to get the C plot of this film. Okay, that it does. Okay. I think that this is a story that warrants a lot more exploration. Sure, a lot more screen time. Sure, than it's given. Yeah, um, because because the the major crime in that is that this this story is really only given is really given voice by the white actors in this film. Sure, Bell discovers the story and. It, it, discovers you know this whole trial going on um and while she's instrumental in bringing some evidence to light uh it really i felt like the scene in which she does that is pretty much a throwaway yeah and then it's unnecessary yeah and then after that the whole adjudicating of it is like i said firmly in the voice of these white white men and i think that does a disservice to the significance of this story for it to be for it to be like i said tacked on as the c plot of this what for it's at heart a romantic drama sure um sure. so that part i i i was not happy about short of that though and you know it's you know, leisurely pace early on. Mm-hmm. I put it that way. I got I got lost in the in the pomp and pageantry of it a little bit in like the movie. Look, I joke with you about the and I'm not I'm you know I just it's just not my thing. Like I don't like period pieces and and I just don't enjoy them. Right. But much like you, I think there are aspects of this film that cannot be denied. Mm-hmm. Um, Gugu M- M- Mbatha-Ra is everything like she really is and I like that you underlined how young she is mm-hmm. in her career and this is a film this is her film I'm pretty sure she's in every scene pretty much and as you said not only is she in every scene she is acting against some some real heavyweights Mm -hmm. and she holds her own speaking of them everything that you said tom wilkerson miranda richardson i mean tom wilkerson wilkinson wilkinson miranda i 100 agree with you like they inhabit these roles there they have this presence this gravitas like you understand 
why they could make their bread and butter mm-hmm. making these period pieces because it, it can't be easy to do it. Um, just I would add to that, I really enjoyed Tom Felton, who many of us knew as Draco mm-hmm. in the Harry Potter films. Yeah. And if I had not seen interviews with him, where he seems like a really nice young man. Right, right. Wow, does he play an asshole He's, well. He, he does asshole well. Like, he is so good in this film. Mm-hmm. It is a period piece. It is a romance. I think one of the things that I admire about this film especially post Bridgerton, the phenomenon of Bridgerton is the way that this character is integrated into this world Mm -hmm. where this is not colorblind casting. This is not, and, and, and forgive me if, if, if I miss, if, if I describe something from Bridgerton incorrectly, because I didn't watch Bridgerton, but from what I understand, part of, of the black cast is what some historians have pointed out that there, there's at least one queen of England who was descended from Moorish stock. Mm-hmm. That if, you know, basically she was black. But you do have to kind of stretch and look and there's theorizing like this is part of the Beethoven was black mm-hmm. kind of um, his history making. But I love how naturalistic this character is in this world. Mm-hmm. Like I love, you, you know, they're, 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 at one point she says that that to her uncle, you know, you won't let me eat with the servants. You say I'm too high to eat with the servants because of my blood. I'm, you, you know, I'm, I'm a lady. I'm in this class, but I'm too low to eat with the guest. Yeah. And I think this film does a great job capturing this impossible position mm-hmm. that this woman is in. And I admire how it creates space within the genre that I don't like. But it, it is a genre like 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 this does exist, and it creates this space for her. Like you said, she has the two suitors. She has the romantic entanglement. I think it, it respects the authenticity of this character. Because I'm not a fan of this genre, it comes to no surprise that the moments in this film that I enjoyed the most were the moments that fell outside of the framework of the period piece romance. There's a scene where a black servant shows her how to comb her hair. Yes. Because yeah. Belle has been raised. Mabel is the servant. Right. R- Belle has been raised around all white people. And I think it's worth saying that except for this one character, Mabel, Belle is the only black person in the whole movie. I know. So even that you you have to have to kind of point to Raw's performance and how she kind of holds space in here. But I love like, you know, I wanted an entire movie of Bell and Mabel Mm -hmm. and them trying to figure out each other. Mm -hmm. Like you said, this Zong massacre was an 
actual thing. I think the, the I love depictions of slavery that really fold in the economics of it. Mm-hmm. And and I, I do like the fact that they acknowledge that part of the gravity of this case was that if you unraveled slavery and the slave trade, this could and, and it did. This would decimate the English economy, mm-hmm. which is all 100 percent true. Like when you start following the money, yep. everybody ate off of slavery. I always think there's there's a quick moment in um, Lovecraft Country where where the characters and you know by is journey smollett and jonathan majors mm-hmm. are following one of these you know upper class white characters and he's taking them through his house and he's showing them these portraits and he's talking about the family fortune and he says you know my family made their money off of shipping and journey smollett looks over and whispers to jonathan majors whenever they say they made their money off of shipping what they're really talking about is slavery that's right because it was so intertwined in the economy. So I like that part as well. But as you said, this this is this is the C plot. Like this has nothing to do with the movie. I mean, or rather, this is the part of the movie that could have been excised. Mm-hmm. And you would have kept the meat of the movie. So that I was bored. But I don't think it was the movie's fault. I'm just bored by these movies. Okay. Like, I don't think there's a version of this. Like, I don't think there's a perfect version of this movie that I would have been interested in. The romantic, the the romantic, the, 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 the period, the, the, you know, the, this sort of Wuthering Heights formula, it's, it's a young woman and she's got two suitors. Like you said, one is a rich guy and he's an asshole. And then the other one is true love. And, and now she has to figure out how to be with the guy that she loves. And, and I, it's just not interesting to me. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Mm-hmm. It's just not my jam. Okay. But I'm again, I, I really admire how this film created space for this black character to be in this room. And although it's not my thing, Mm -hmm. I'm really glad this film exists. And I have to say, I'm glad that I saw it. Really? Yeah. So. Oh, there you go. And, and you know, frankly, it's ahead of its time. It's ahead of its time. I mean, again, Bridgerton, everybody was all Bridgerton last year. And then this is really like that was really the hook of Bridgerton. That's very You true. know, it's a period piece with people of color. And and at the risk of nerding it out once again, more than we've nerded it out already. We've nerded. There's a whole vein. And you know this of cosplayers that have gone out of their way to inhabit like Renaissance fairs. Mm-hmm. And they've done all of this wonderful research. And when we talk about black people during this time period, mm-hmm. Bell is a great text to go. And so, you know, if you like Bridgerton, if if you like black people in these spaces. And I like it like I like that, like I like that, you know, like I like us in places. I think this is a good film for people to watch. That being said, would you recommend people watch the film? I would recommend this to people if they like period pieces. 
Okay. If you're like me in in Lord Wellington, whatever shall I do? Like Lynn. Lynn, when they start, as soon as them dudes start talking about I'm the fourth son, so I don't get, so I have a title, but I don't have any lands, and and we need to marry her and join our lands, so that I said, oh Lord, sweet Jesus, yeah, sweet but I like that Jesus because they were the grown t- one too, because they were actually talking slick about one another, man. Yeah, oh, oh. underneath their breath, oh. the, you know, in all hoity-toity way. Oh, I, I, kinda- I say, sir, you. Do take advantage. Oh, man. I dug it. I dug it. Like when Tom Felton, Tom Felton put his hands on her. Oh. And she said, how dare you do that? And he said, quite easily. I said, oh. He said, with ease. With ease. Yeah. But see, that's outside of the period piece. Like, usually it is, you, you know, sir, you... You take you take quite... You, the you li- take liberties, you sir. You take liberties, sir. Yes. I am a... Li- so if you like that stuff I would recommend Bell I would recommend Bell too yeah I would recommend Bell I thought it was very interesting text um and uh um I always got time for Google and Bapha Raw yeah I always got time for uh, Matthew Good as, as little as he is in the film um but I also got time for him I got time for Wilk- Tom Wilkinson. I got time for everybody. I got yeah. The, uh, it's, and it, I it's a great cast. Great cast. Gorgeous film. It's a great it, it and it's a gorgeous film and it's a well directed film. Yes. Yes. And the costumes are beautiful. It's beautiful. It's it, it it is stunning. Like like this really is. This is a production that I think you can stand with any of these other films. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I really like that. I I want to give a shout out to one other actor we haven't um, really mentioned him I don't believe and that would be yeah Sam Reed who plays uh, John Devanier, uh ultimately the, the, <laughs> the young man of low station who <laughs> I am but a simple solicitor wins the heart of Dido Elizabeth Bell um, I thought he was pretty good. I mean, look, I think I, every, I think everybody was good. And again, I do think there is there is a, a, a mastery of of this craft that you need to pull this out without looking ridiculous. <laughs> like you people are ridiculous right now, but they pull it off. They do. You know, so look, they do. that's good. James Norton was out. Oh, everybody's good. I was gonna say, Lynn. I know. I know. You know every. It's got a lot of good people. All right. Alistair Singleton. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I said that my top five is going to tie into this film a little bit. Okay. This film comes out in 2013. Yes. And I told you, this is this is really the coming out for Google and Bafa Raw. Yes. You know, uh, you know, her, her she mans the mans this ship. Her follow up to this would be another film that is underrated mm-hmm. uh, that we both enjoyed. Oh, and it comes out in 2014. And that's Beyond the Lights. OK. Wow. Right. OK. That's her follow up. Not a bad follow-up. No, it's not for her. You know she does does well, but it's it, it is a film that 
is uh, and she's a completely different character, completely different character, um, and and sells it, mm-hmm. owns it, um, but a film that you know got slept on, and maybe probably you know to be fair because of some controversies that have nothing to do with the movie itself, right? right. Maybe will remain slept on. Yeah, you know if you like it, you like it, but I don't. It may not be a film people will. Yeah, I don't know how to. much it's going to be in in the film festival. Exactly. Yeah. Thinking about that though, it got me to thinking as, as fantastic as she is in that film. Were there possibly other opportunities for Google and Bathara to step out on a follow-up from Bell in a bigger way, okay. in, a, in, a, in, in a more audacious way, and make even a bigger splash okay. in, in her career, right? So I came up with just looking at the films of 2014. Okay. The top five movies that needed Google and Bafa Raw. Top five. Who's your top five? My top five is. Starting with My number five. five. Number five. My top Into five. the Woods. Okay. Did you ever see Into the Woods? Do you know what Into That's the Woods is? That's the uh, film version of the musical? Yes. Yeah, I, I've, I've never seen it. Did you ever see the musical? I did not. Into the Woods is the the film version of the very popular uh, Broadway musical of the same name. Mm-hmm. Featured a, an amazing cast. There mm-hmm. was nothing wrong with this cast. Meryl Streep, Emily Blunt, James Corden, uh, Anna Kendrick, Chris Pine, who who uh, is is hilarious in in the film. Uh, Christine Baranski. You know, the film is centered on a childless couple who set out to end a curse placed on them by a vengeful witch. Ultimately, the characters are forced to experience the unintended consequences of their actions, right? This is a film that was directed by Rob Marshall. It was a box office success. Mm-hmm. The budget was $50 million. It made $213 million. Not bad. Not bad. They certainly probably expected more. Right. I feel like it was soft. Yeah. Is the word I kept because hearing Because it, it, it was a mixed response. Yeah to to the film so there's absolutely nothing wrong with the movie right however she she would add something to it google and bathroom wrong right would add something she just added just a, I, I think just a real touch of spice just a little spice to that film i think that was what was I mean, missing you just read read off was pretty monochrome so no it, it, that that yeah as well right um and i think that the direction doesn't do them any justice mm-hmm. for the most part. And I also think that as much as I like, I like Anna Kendrick. Nah, I, I, I'd have taken her out and put in Google and Bathroom. I don't know if Google mm. can, can sing, but I think she, I, I, I'd, I'd like to see her give it a try. That's good. Because I really like Anna Kendrick. I do like Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick, and she can sing. And she's got like a little is bit of smoke to it. Umbatha Raw funny? Well, that's a good question. Google, I mean, I'll go along with you with this, 
but but you know Anna Kendrick really is like the full package. To that to that question you ask, uh, Google does not have a lot of comedies of comedies yeah. on her resume. You know she does not. Um, well, d- did you you did you watch the morning show? I have not. Okay, because she was a regular on the morning show. Okay. Um, she was in Loki. She, I mean, but that's not funny. And she's not funny. funny. Yeah. Good I'm, energy, though. Good energy. So, so anyway, so that's my number five. All right, number five. Number, number four. Five. Number four. Sin City, A Dame to Kill For from 2014. The sequel Oof. to Sin City. Now, Sin City, A Dame to Kill For, not a good movie. So I say, that's kind of a dog. It was a big dog. Yeah, add anything a... to that would have made it better. Yes. Yes. I, I put that movie on here, though, because you can't tell me that Google and Batha Raw, one, you know, we've been talking about her acting chops. You can't tell me she's not a dame to kill for. She fawn. She fawn. Mm-hmm. She fawn. And in this movie, A Dame to Kill For, which is adapted from a comic by yes. Frank Miller. I'm not even going to ask you if you've read it. Just keep going. And in, 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 in this movie, it's the actual, the only um, story that was actually adapted from a comic. Mm-hmm. The, the dame to kill for in this mo- movie was played by Eva Green. Not a bad actress. I don't even know who that is. But where would I know her from? Um, you probably let me think. I want to make sure because I think she was in, uh, yeah, she was in Casino Royale. Okay, yeah, which you obviously don't know her from. Um, and I one hundred percent saw Casino Royale like twice. <laughs> but okay, sure. I thought for sure you'd be yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah. but no. Um, anyway. She, she's not bad. Oh yeah, sure. But Google and Bob Rock could have would have murdered that scene. Yeah, yeah. You know, and added again a little bit of spice to that film, I'm, which desperately needed. Try and keep it going, but I, don't, I guess Frank Miller. You think Frank Miller would have let a black woman play that role? I don't know if Frank Miller had signing off. Right. Yeah, well, he probably did because he actually wrote the other stories in that film. Yeah, I don't know Frank Miller. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, let's keep it. Uh, number three. Moving along. Number three. <laughs> Hercules from 2014. Okay. Now, this was the version of Hercules that Dwayne Johnson right. starred in. Comes up with Dwayne Johnson, all he won, he always going to be the rock to me. Okay. Now, not a good movie. Right. right. A dog of a film. Right. Here's the thing. Let's go crazy. Okay. And gender gender flip Hercules. Let her play Hercules. Let Google and Bafara play Hercules. Sure, why not? I, 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 sure, why not? It had to be better than this movie. Okay. Because this movie is horrible. I, 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 I forgot it existed until this exact second. And The Rock wishes that you I did. I know. All right. No one was smelling what the rock was cooking. Not that. Okay. Number two. Number two. What we do in the shadows. Oh from boy. From 2014. Now, 
Oh, where are you going to put her in that? I'm not saying that this film needed her. Okay. Because what we do in the shadows, a mockumentary about these uh, vampires living in, I think, like Los Angeles or something like that. And and it's kind of perfect. It is absolutely an amazing mockumentary. Yeah. I love it. I love the series that spawned from it. Yeah. I want to put Google and Bathara in this film. To show that she can do comedy. Okay. And with this cast, because it is a mockumentary, she can still play it straight. Yeah. Yeah. And see if she can get get it over. And I think she could. I'm going to go along with you because we just watched her in Bell and we know you can throw her in the deep end. Yes. Because for this to be her first comedic experience would be getting thrown in the deep end. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, uh, she she definitely ha- have to, you know, bring her A game. But I think she could do it. I think yeah. she could do it. Yeah. Now, you ready for the number one film from 2014? I am ready. That Google and Bathara, they needed her. Lethal Weapon 2. That was not 2014. Isn't it every year, though? <laughs> Isn't every year Lethal Weapon 2? I don't know if it's every year. It certainly is every show. <laughs> The number one film. Number one. Is Lucy from 2014. This is the film that starred um, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. As she gets like, you know, become basically like this artificial intelligence. Right, right, right. And and, you know, like heightened. Right. Isn't there Kung Fu involved? Yes. And shooting? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I did not see it, but I remember it when it was out. Yeah. Not bad. But Scarlett Johansson, I'm very hit or miss on her as an actress. And I think that more often than not, I miss with her as an actress. I think she's a bit bit wooden. And um, I think uh, Raw would have brought a lot more nuance to this film. Now, to be fair, she's supposed to be playing somebody who's like becoming more and more just intelligence. Right, right. Um, so you could you could argue that that calls for a certain level of, you know, woodenness, one noteness. Right. But the road there didn't need to be one note. Okay. Didn't need to be I one mean, note. look, I actually like Scarlett Johansson, but I think Gugu Mbatha Raw is a better actress. So, sure. So that's my number one. All right. I'll go along with that. I mean, it's amazing. All these movies came out. I'd forgotten about them. Didn't see them. 2014 wasn't that long ago. I mean, it's, I guess eight years is kind of long ago. So the only film of those you, you is saw. Is What We Do in the Shadows. That's the only one. That's the only thing in that list that I've seen. And wow. a couple of them I had forgotten existed. Like Lucy. No, I saw um, Sin City, A Dame to Kill For. Oh, you did? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Lucy, Hercules, what was the other one? Into the Woods. Yeah, I'd forgotten they existed. Like you said, into. I was like, oh yeah, they did make an Into the Woods movie. They did. They did. Um, Khadija Waldron, Len isn't as obsessed with Google as he is with Nia Long. No, I'm not. (laughs) No lawyers have gotten involved. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. But um, I like her. Hey, look. She's really good. She's really good. She's really good. Actually, 
I know we're, we go ahead and wrap it up. I actually think she's having a problem that these actors run into sometimes. Like, I actually think she's too pretty and people don't take her as seriously as they should. Because mm. she's really good. She is. Um, I'm trying to think, like, does she maybe just do a lot more stage work? Maybe. Well, not even not, not really, because she hasn't even been on a stage since 2015. Because, you know, my absolute favorite actress right now, who I think has gotten just old enough. And uh, excuse me if I mispronounce her name, because remember, she changed her name back to her actual name. Mel Gibson. Uh, uh, Tondawee Newton. I love, I, I love. Oh, I didn't know that she changed her name. Yeah, yeah. She changed yeah. her name back. So, so, so what? It's, it's not Tandy Newton. She, um, let me get it right. Because I don't want to, I don't want to be respectful. You mean you want to be respectful? I want to be respectful. Right. She said that they, um, they misspelled her, her name early on. And she just rolled with and it. And she rolled with it. But now she wants people to use her correct name. Because Newton is just hardcore now, as we've talked about previously. Oh, she is. <laughs> so what? So what is her uh, actual... I think it's Tandui. It's T-H-A-N-D-I-W-E. Oh, so Tandui. I think it's Tandui. I think. Tandui Newton. Yes. Again, if I'm mispronouncing it, I apologize in advance. But, pretty. I but like I think it. that kind of ha- I think she kind of kind of got typecast a little bit early on. She was sort of this. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. And so you're thinking that might be what's happening with. Uh, right. Right. Well, I mean, she's working, though. Yeah. She is working. Um, she's she's got an upcoming series coming up. Um, but she was great. Lukey and Loki. Yeah. She's going to she, be in, she's going to be in that, uh, that, that new series on. um Apple TV that's about to drop. Uh Surface. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's she's uh for her. So she's in there. Get some of that Apple money, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Get it. Get it. All right. All right. Uh, Catrice Greer ag- agrees. Uh Tandui Newton, she is amazing. She's incredible in everything, and I love her in Westworld. I was about to say, I don't really I don't really um push Westworld on people anymore. Because I do think it kind of crawled up its ass last season. This is season. the final season, right? Uh, I don't know if this is the final season. Maybe next season. But she is remarkable mm-hmm. in Westworld. Mm-hmm. Absolutely remarkable. From the beginning to right now. And, and you know, it's one of those things where I'm pretty sure Rachel... Harris? No. no uh, Rachel West? Rachel... The Weiss? Star, the star. Of the, the Westworld. Of Westworld. I don't even know. I don't watch Westworld. But I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be her show. No, Evan Rachel Wood. Okay. Who is also very good. Mm-hmm. But Tandawee Newton is a beast. And she's kind of like stole with it. She is an actual monster on this show. Like, she is acting her ass off. And and at this point now in the last season, this is the last season, but now it's like her and Tessa Thompson- just putting on a clinic every week. It's like her, Tessa Thompson, Jeffrey Wright are like looking at um Chia Wattel, Edge of Four, Clark Peters, and Naomi Harris on The Man Who Fell to Earth. And it's just black people in science fiction <laughs> doing super acting 
Just dueling sci-fi. Just dueling, dueling black sci-fi. Dueling Afrocentrist. It is, it is, it is what a time to be a blurred. You know, I actually was thinking about like, do I want to rewatch Westworld and catch up? And I was like, I don't know. I thought the first season was really good. I thought it was good too. I thought the second season was good. Last season, like I said, it kind of crawled up its own ass. Because this is the fourth season. This is the fourth season. The first, the third episode of this season just came out yesterday, and I haven't seen it yet. But the first two episodes, they, I, it, it's like they've corrected course. Mm. Like the first couple of episodes were fantastic. Mm. So maybe I will. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. All I right. Will, I want. Like I said, I'm not pushing it on. But, I know. She, but she's amazing. No. Yeah. No. Well, that, that, that's fine. That's fine. All right. Yeah, I will push Ghostbusters Afterlife. All right. So before we tell you what we're going to be watching next week, ladies and gentlemen, I invite you to check us out. The Michelle Mission, two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. Go to MichelleMission.com where you can check out, check out all of the shows, all of our past episodes, read more about us learn about Oscar Michaud and you can also hit swag and check out all of the cool designs and gifts that we have available for your buying pleasure by way of our good friends at T Public. You can email the Michaud Mission at Michaud Mission at gmail.com that's M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X M-I-S-S-I-O-N at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 215-867-9666 and tell Vincent and Len, that's us, What's on your mind? Follow the Michelle Mission on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Michelle Mission. Subscribe to the Michelle Mission on YouTube and Twitch at Michelle Mission. We are also now for the first time, we are streaming to LinkedIn as Ooh. well to my LinkedIn profile. Fancy. So you can check us out there if you're following us on LinkedIn. Hello to all of my uh, fellow professionals. Um <laughs> Please give us a five-star rating and a review, especially on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, because that helps people find us in their things they call algorithms. And the Michelle Mission is always a proud member of the Podglomerate Podcast Network. The Podglomerate, they make podcasts work. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have a, uh, a, a programming note. The Michelle Mission will be broadcasting live Next week on Monday. Yes. Monday, June 18th. Yes. At 7 p.m. So check it. Check your calendars. Update your calendars. We will be streaming live on Monday, June 18th next week. Same time, 7 p.m. As we review from 1989, Vincent Selection, Chameleon Street. Mm Mm-hmm. Next week on the Michelle Mission, special time, Monday, June 18th at 7 p.m. All right. Uh, okay. Okay. Until then. Until then. He's Vince. I'm Len. And in parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again. <laughs> <laughs>